Welcome to Corporate Podcasting Smarter. For business communications, training, and marketing, Corporate Podcasting Smarter is for enterprise-level and professional organizations and is an official podcast from Podbean. We feature interviews with industry experts, learning and development use cases, podcast network advertising best practices, and helpful tips for how to get the most out of podcasting within your organization or media network. Hello, and welcome to Corporate Podcasting Smarter. This episode is a rebroadcast of one of our live events on how to benefit your business by telling the story of your brand. In this episode, I'll be speaking with Annalise and Jonas from the Pacific Content team, who's created some incredible podcasts and storytelling for top international brands. In this episode, we'll be talking about how companies can differentiate within the current podcast landscape how podcasts can showcase a company's values in an entertaining way, when is a good time to invest in a branded podcast, what's a good balance of storytelling and sales, narrative options, and what return on investment looks like for a lot of large companies utilizing podcasting as part of their branding strategy. Stay tuned, and here we go. Welcome, everyone, to How to Benefit Your Business by Telling the Story of Your Brand. Super exciting. We're so privileged to be here with the Pacific Content team. So hello and welcome, Annalisa and Jonas. How are you guys today? Very good. Great, thank you. thanks. Fantastic. Well, today's, today's conversation is really exciting because podcasting for business has just been exploding. You know, so many companies, brands, networks are utilizing podcasting to emotionally connect with their target markets and audiences about telling the story of their brand. So I'm so excited to dive into this conversation with the both of you. And before we get started, uh, I know everyone would love to hear about both of your backgrounds and a little bit about the work that Pacific Content does. So Annalisa, let's start with you. Tell us a little bit about your role and what you're doing at Pacific Content. Yeah. Um, So Pacific Content, I'm the senior manager of BizDev. Um, So I take a lot of uh, first calls with clients. I'm kind of the first point of contact a lot of the time, myself and Jonas, um, and just introduce them to what we do at Pacific Content, uh, what the business is, and how we could work together. Um, And prior to Pacific Content, I was a producer. Uh, I spent some time doing marketing and podcasts. Um, I worked in BizDev for an originals network. Um, So yeah, kind of dipped my toes into a lot of different aspects of of the podcasting world and landed in, in BizDev. Amazing. Jonas, tell us a little bit about what you do and and your journey into Pacific content and podcasting. Thank you, Norman. Thank you for having us. Um, I'm the director of strategy at Pacific content. It means that I do a a number of things. Um, And at least I mentioned this already, we're normally the first point of contact when someone wants to kind of find out about what it's like working with us, that kind of stuff. I also work on uh, the, the business strategy of Pacific content figure out where's our company heading, what do we do it next? You know, as you know, this is a quickly uh, changing landscape for all of us here. So um, we need to stay on top of that as well. And our business is is always evolving. I worked in in, in media and in content and entertaining entertainment my whole life. Done a lot of work in music, done also film and television, some stuff in ebooks. So I've kind of been uh, all over the place, always on the, uh, uh, what, what we used to call uh, digital content. That is a sort of a bit of a, uh, a, a term that's not being used anymore because everything is digital now in a way. Um, but, it is. Uh, I, you know, now I think I'm, I'm starting to use the term on-demand content instead of digital. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's something where, you know, the whole world has gone digital and especially with podcasting, you know, things are just growing at that exponential rate. So we're all excited here. <laughs> um, so tell us a little bit about the work that Pacific content does with brands and how podcasting um, we'll get into how podcasting really can benefit brands, but tell us a little bit about the work that Pacific does before we jump into the why. So the way to look at our company is that we work with brands, large companies, um, typically U S based sort of fortune 500 companies. That is our typical client. We also work with, with a lot of different startups. Uh, we uh, work with them to connect with audiences and maybe with customers through audio. 
So there's sort of two big pieces of what we do. Um, so we make podcasts. We make podcasts on behalf of our clients. And that is sort of what we're known for. We have a lot of people that just work in, on the production side. So a big client might come to us and ask us, hey, um, we would like to make a podcast, but we don't want to make this in-house right now. We don't have the resources in-house or we don't have the team or we don't want to build the team. So they basically outsource production to us. Um, that is a, a very large part of what we do. Uh, that's what we're known for. Um, but there's another whole piece of Pacific content, which is equally important and it's not as well known as that we also have a, a large department that deals with what we call audience development in audio. And basically, that means in addition to making the things, making the podcast, making the audio, telling the stories, we also help our clients to make sure that people are actually going to find it and actually going to listen to it. And uh, we'll get to that later a little bit more, but you know, this idea in podcasting, podcasting, build it and they will come. It, it, it's never worked. It certainly is not working now with the amount of podcasts out there. So our clients, they, they require and they, they want a lot of help around like, can we find an audience? So that audience development work is sort of, um, it works it, it's sort of hand in hand with production, but we also do that work separately. So we work with clients where we, we're not, we don't produce anything for them. They have podcasts already. They've produced them maybe with another production partner or they produce them in house and we only help them um, on the audience development side. Absolutely. And I think production and audience growth go hand in hand. We talk about this all the time at Podbean. You know, you've got to promote your own podcast. <laughs> and we offer so many resources. So I, I definitely want to dive into what you guys are doing for clients in a bit. Um, Annalisa, why don't we start off the conversation today about why podcasting? Why is podcasting the medium to tell the story of your brand? Yeah, I think podcasting is a great medium for telling the story of your brand because it really allows you to develop a relationship with the listener. So you really get to develop that relationship with your target audience. Um, podcasts are great because they're they're often consumed while people are doing other things. So it's it's uh, I know that sounds like they would be maybe not as paying not as much attention to the podcast, but it means that they're not as uh, they're not being pulled in a bunch of different directions. They can they listen for. A longer period of time. So with podcasts, you would get somebody for maybe like 25, 30 minutes of devoted attention to that, that uh, podcast. Whereas with something like a video or with social media, you might only get them for the first 10 seconds or for the first minute of it. Um, so podcasts are great for engagement um, and they're really good for nuanced storytelling too. So you have a longer period of time to maybe get into the nuances of your brand story as well. Um, and so it's a really great way to showcase your brand's values. Um, it may not be as good for showcasing the, the actual product, but it's a really good way to let your audience know and your target audience, your target, uh, yeah, let your target audience know what your brand stands for. When, when we talk yeah, to clients, absolutely. We, we typically recommend that um, if you want to, if you want to reach people at the top of your sales funnel, so anything around awareness or anything around brand perception, brand positioning, that's where podcasts are really, really successful and really, really powerful. Um, as you move further down the sales funnel and it goes closer towards sort of consideration or even conversion, podcasts might be a good tool. They might not be a good tool necessarily. Um, there is this, this really um, powerful connection that, that a podcast makes. And for many of people in this audience, this, this might be an obvious thing to say, but there's a really powerful connection that a podcaster makes with an audience, which I always compare to um, uh, books, in that the the audience and the creator of the podcast, and in our case, those are brands, they have to co-create the story. The, the images happen that, you know, if I listen to podcasts, I have to make these images in my head, right? Unlike video, unlike television, unlike movies, I actually have to make the images myself. So I'm kind of getting help from the podcast to create the images, but I'm, I'm, I'm part of it. I have an active role in, in creating this podcast. The connection you can build then between that brand and the listener, because we're kind of making that story up together as we go along, and we've, we can measure this, it's extremely powerful. So anything on the top of the funnel, anything to do with sort of, you know, your values as a brand, your positioning as yeah. a brand, um, that's where podcasts are, are really, really impactful. Absolutely. And I love what you said about that creative collaboration, because you're right. You know, if you don't have the audio, or sorry, if you have the audio and you don't have the visuals in front of you, your brain is going to create what it thinks it's hearing, right? And so we've had podcasts come on and talk about how, Sometimes fans have created art that's so good they sold it as merch, you know, because 
it, it envisioned their, their storytelling and their characters. And this is for, you know, scripted audio drums, but it envisioned their story and their characters so much more intricately and detailed than, than they ever did from an audio standpoint. So that's such a great point to make. It really allows the audience and the listeners and your target, your target market in a lot of ways to really develop their own associations with the brand. So absolutely. That's yeah. Annalisa. Oh, I think I was just uh, kind of nervous and was dancing around using the cliche oh. <laughs> of, you know, the intimacy of, of podcasts with their listeners, but it's true. I mean, when someone is consuming a podcast, they're usually listening with headphones on and they're usually by themselves and it allows for a certain amount of intimacy that you don't necessarily get from other forms of media. So I know it's kind of oversaid and, and it's a cliche at this point, but but it is true that you get to have the brand gets to have that kind of intimacy with their target audience that you wouldn't necessarily get from their forms of media. No, absolutely. And I think that's something also we do talk about it a lot, but I think it's something where it's helpful because nowadays with digital communication and the world where it is right now, when you're listening to a message from a friend, it's the same way you're listening to a podcast. So maybe the app is different or the context may be slightly different, but the infrastructure is the same a lot of the time. And so there is that intimacy because the same way you talk to your mom is the same way you listen to a podcast a lot of the time. So totally, it's definitely something where that intimacy is a really important aspect of it. And so I want to move on to our next question. How can companies differentiate their brand's story within the current podcast landscape? Because there's, there's a lot of podcasts out there. Um, so from a business standpoint, how can companies really tell that story and make an impact in the podcast landscape today? Yeah. So at Pacific Content, we have this term that we like to use and it's called creative bravery. And basically what that means is, um, having the, having the bravery to be creative in the way that you tell the story and making a show that is really good that people are going to actively want to continue listening to. So a show that people are not just going to want to click on, um, but that they're going to want to listen to every episode of it. And they're going to want to listen all the way through. Um, So that could mean being really creative with the format of the show. That could mean telling really exciting and suspenseful stories in each episode. Um, That could mean having a really authentic and genuine host. That's really creating a connection with the listener. Um, But whatever the case you're not making a you're not making a long infomercial for your product. Um, you're making a show that people actually genuinely want to listen to. So we always uh, tell our clients that it's really important to think about um, what the audience is going to want to listen to. So it's not just about what you are getting out of it as the brand, but what your listener is getting out of it as well. Uh, there's so many podcasts out there that you really have to think about, like what is the value proposition to my audience? Why would they choose to listen to my show over the millions of other podcasts that exist out there. Um, so we really want uh, our clients to put their media hats on and we want brands to put their media hats on and think about it as like a, think of yourself as a media company um, and make a product that is really going to be exciting and unique for the listener. Absolutely. And I love that term, creative bravery. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to borrow that. I'll credit you guys, but I'm going to use it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. No, I think it's it's really important. You're right to think about the audience. And there is so much competition in podcasting. It can't be an infomercial for your brand. You've got to bring in that creativity. You've got to bring in those story, those narratives of storytelling threads. So it's it's vital, I think, at this point. And um, a lot of the times we deal with um, marketing departments, traditional marketing departments at large yeah. corporations. And a lot of the people are, that we work with they might be used to telling the story that they want to tell. If you book an ad on, on, on a TV network and it's just a sort yeah. of interruptive TV ad, you know, you're in full control what you're going to say. And you can say like, and our offers on and breakfast is only $1.99 this week. And you can fully control that one. Well, in podcasting, there's sort of the power shifted, right? And the, the audience is in, in control about like, well, do I want to listen to the podcast about the breakfast special that is on this week? They might not, right? Um, so it's almost <laughs> like a... Uh, uh, or it can be a bit of a teaching opportunity where we sort of explain to our clients like, well, in podcasting, the, the power shifted. Saying that, 
and we might get to that later as well. We've already seen within our clients the level of sophistication around like what our clients understand around storytelling it, it has increased vastly. Uh, mm. Even compared to two, three years ago, it's really, really changed now where you know, most of our clients have departments that are, if they're not podcasting departments, at least they're sort of brand storytelling departments. So, you know, I think by now maybe they're teaching us more than we teach them, if I'm being really, really honest. Um, but it's still part of the journey for sure to kind of get our clients from the sort of, you control the message to, well, actually your audience is in a lot more control than you are. Yeah, absolutely. They can fast forward or change the show. Um, absolutely. That's super that's a really important point. Um, and because we're talking about a lot of the podcasts that you guys create, let's talk a little bit about what branded podcasts you both worked on uh, that showcase the company's values in a really entertaining and engaging way. Um, so, Annalisa, let's go with you first. Yeah. Um, so I think a really fun podcast that we've uh, produced at Pacific Content is Command Line Heroes. Um, so this podcast is a, a show that we produced for Red Hat, and it's a podcast that is for uh, open source developers. It's it's very much made for that community. So it's, uh, you know, it, it uses their jargon, it speaks their language. Um, but it's a really fun show because it really, each episode is so rich with storytelling. Um, and like most recently, they've done seasons that are like, uh, encased in like different uh, themes. So for example, like one of the most, the most recent season was about robots. Um, they did a really great season that was about the history of the internet. So they're really, it's really great storytelling that anybody would enjoy, but it's also stories that would be completely relevant and interesting to their target audience. And it's also speaking the language of that target audience. Um, so yeah, that's a really great show that, that we all really love that really meets the, uh, the needs of, of Red Hat. It speaks to exactly who their target audience is. And it's also, it acts as like a gift to their audience. It's giving them something that they're, they're getting something out of it. They're learning something. They feel seen, they feel heard. Um, it kind of creates a whole community around that target audience. Um, so that's a really great show that, uh, that I really like that we've made and worked on. Jonas, do you yeah, have one that you really like? Jonas, let's hear if you have a favorite. Um, I will mention a show that we've been making for a number of years called Choiceology. Uh, this is a show we make with Charles Schwab. This is a financial institution, of course. And for those that are not in the U.S., financial institution based in the U.S. And maybe when I joined the company, the, the sort of cynical me was thinking, well, you know, this is a financial institution podcast. We're talking about money. It's going to be some sort of thing. And... Um, what Charles Schwartz was, was really, really smart about, actually, this goes back to the funnel I mentioned earlier. They wanted to reach a lot of people. They want to have a, a, a reach a, 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 a wide range of people. Um, and they wanted to really talk about the value that they stand for, not the products that they stand for, and not even the industry that, um, that they represent. And what we decided to, together with them, what we sort of um, co-developed with them, is a, a behavioral science podcast um, hosted by Wharton professor Katie Milkman. And... Um, it is, it's about um, how we make decisions. And this is nothing to do with money. We're not talking about decisions and in, in investments or saving or buying. It is really just about making decisions. And it's, a, it's, it's quite popular. It's actually quite a popular podcast, one of our most popular shows. And uh, what Charles Schwab is able to do is to communicate to the audience, Charles Schwab is good at making decisions. Charles Schwab is understands good decision-making. And for financial matters, people can put one one together. It's probably a good partner to have, right? Seems like good decisions and money is probably something I want to work with. That's all they're, they're happy with that. It's very much top of the funnel. And then from there, there's other podcasts that are more financially uh, relevant where people can then start listening to as well. It's a great show. I would listen to the show anyway. And, and it just so happens it is, it is produced by or brought to you by Charles Schwab. Absolutely. And those are both fantastic examples. Annalisa, I think in terms of Red Hat, you know, it's something where when you're looking at that use case, you want to speak directly to that community, you want to get into their jargon, and you really want to create a home for them in a lot of ways. So that's really valuable in terms of branding. I love that. I love that idea of creating a home for them. That's exactly, that's a perfect metaphor. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. And Jonas, I think with Charles Schwab, it's something where you're right, it's really about the company values and how they can translate those in ways that maybe aren't a hard push and that are really about that subtle trust that you have with brands, especially brands you know, that work with money. You want trust. Yeah. So that's a, that's a really big one. Um, 
Yeah, no, absolutely. So for a lot of companies out there that are looking at potentially exploring the branded podcast space, when is a good time to make that investment into branded podcasting? Jonas? Uh, so keep in mind that Annalisa and I work in business development, so I'm going to have to give you the following answer. <laughs> so you're going to say all the time, today, like, tomorrow, like yesterday. Now. Okay. Right now is the right time. No, but in seriousness, it, 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 I, I think from, for most companies now is the right time. But I think the, the, the word that you just used, I think you said investment, right? When, yeah. when is it time to make the investment? So it's less about the when, it's more like about the, the term investment. And what, what we've seen and what we recommend to all our clients, or basically what we tell all our clients is, and potential clients, is that it's not a one and done. Sadly, podcasting requires that long-term investment. And it doesn't have to be like tons of money, um, but it certainly requires patience and requires uh, a lot of your time investment and your effort. And, uh, you know, as we all know, when we launch episode one, season one, you know, and you just hit life, it, so you have zero listeners, right? You start at zero and uh, building up from there is really, that's where the patient comes in and you need to, you know, put out maybe some content on a somewhat regular basis. And of course, you need to keep promoting it and help promoting it. So that is really the key piece. Uh, and maybe, so maybe going back to your question, when is the right time, when you're ready to make that kind of investment and when you really have a long-term vision. Um, we have a, a client um, that uh, repeatedly, and actually just this week again, mentioned to us that they, um, the podcast project that we make with them is out of all that their marketing portfolio, when you look at a, a per, um, per, per listener or, or, or per audience member, um, the most effective campaign on the marketing side. Full stop. Uh, that, that's very flattering for us, of course. It's the stuff we like to hear. But we're in season nine. And we've been working okay. together for four or five years. I don't think that would have been the same conversation we've had it five years ago when we just launched a podcast. They now got to a point, and I think they hopefully got to a point a little while ago, where it just makes sense for, to keep going and they know what they're doing and they have a very specific target audience and they know who they're, they're speaking to and we're making a great show for them. We keep making it, but it, that, that wasn't on day one. Um, so that would be kind of always my, my advice is like, think about like, what are we going to do in a year or in two years or even in three years? Like, how can that investment pay off over time? Yeah, that's a fantastic example, Jonas. I think it's something where we always say at Podbean, like Rome wasn't built in a day. You know, it's important to have consistency, especially, and as podcast listeners, you know, we all get frustrated when you like a show and there's no new episodes. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's definitely an important aspect of it. Annalisa, nice do you want to weigh in on this one? The, oh, the nice thing about, I'm sorry, Annalisa, for me, if the nice thing I think about podcasting is it's hard to get a, a listener or it's hard to get a subscriber slash follower. But it's also pretty hard to lose that one. Yeah. You know, if it's almost like if once you have someone and they like you, you know, they, they, they trust you and, and they stay with you and you can keep building on that one. You really have to do something for someone to actively unfollow you or unsubscribe. You have to do something wrong. Um, so it's kind of like maybe it's like exercising or something. You know, when you once you have like some muscle memory, it, it, it you know, it, it keeps paying off. Is that metaphor working for anyone? I don't know if that's actually that. No, it totally makes sense. Like, no, think, the train le like the train left the station, it's rolling, you know, you can't. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, no, absolutely. Annalisa, did you want to weigh in on that as well? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, I think it's all about commitment. Like you spoke earlier about how Podbean, you always tell um, your, your producers or the people that you're working with that like, it's not just about producing the podcast. You also have to promote the podcast. And I think, um, you know, that's a big part of it too. Like you have to be ready to commit to, uh, to promoting the podcast and making sure that it gets in front of the right people, because, uh, you know, you can do it, you can do it quick and easy with podcasts. Anybody can put anything up there, but, uh, if you do, then that's all of your time and the money that you spent on that, even if it wasn't very much, it's all wasted because nobody is hearing it or listening to it. So, uh, you know, you have to be ready to make the commitment to make something that's really good and make something that's, um, going to get in front of the people that you want it to get in front of. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think this is a really good time to ask this next question. Um, in terms of audience growth and audience development, what are some of the things that you do to help some of these larger brands get in front of podcast listeners? It's, um, it's always, 
quite surprising to us is that we work with large brands and they have very big departments doing marketing and they have sometimes big budgets to promote stuff. The amount of education needed to help some of our clients to understand how to promote audio, it's, um, it, is, it is always quite surprising. So a lot of the work that we do is actually focused on, I, I don't think our clients would like it if I use that term, but education. And to okay. sort of, you know, let people understand like, well, in yeah. order to promote audio, in order to promote a podcast, there are just certain mechanics that work and others that don't work. I, I give one example. You know, some people like to send out a press release. It's a sort of very old school way of thinking, you know, there's a new thing if they send out a press release. Well, I don't know in podcasting who to send it, where, who writes about that then and what does it convert to? Does it, I don't even know what a press release would do in terms of podcasting, in terms of um, increasing an in, in, in audience. So we would then say like, well, if you're looking at earned media, press release, maybe not so much, but your pitch to Apple to be featured or to be con for consideration to be featured, that's a huge opportunity that you really want to spend a lot of time on. This is just one of the examples. So, and out of those examples, there's probably, I haven't done the count, but I would imagine about 200 of them. So it's almost like a, maybe like a list of best practices here are the 200 mm -hmm. things you should be doing in order to promote your podcast. How to maximize your own channels. Large corporations, they have customers or email lists or leads or partners or, or, or staff members. Like, what should you do with all those? That You might be speaking to millions of people already. Um, uh, Mozilla, for example, a company that we did some work with and we continue to, you know, for a while they promoted their podcast when you used the Firefox browser. And, you know, when you go open new tab and it's blank, they had a little thing at the bottom promoting the podcast. Uh, that drove quite a lot of engagement. That did really well for the podcast, you know, obviously. Yeah, very, very large opportunity. So. Yeah. So it's those kind of things we would work with our clients to figure out who do you have? Charles Schwab in their, the, the app, the, where you can check your balances, that sort of thing. You know, there's yeah, a podcast yeah. player built in. You know, it's those kind of things we would co-develop with our, with our clients. And it's almost like we work with our clients to figure out what is the... What's the right strategy for them to find an audience? Again, using that checklist of 200 things. And then we might do some of, we execute some of these things for our clients. And other times we don't, like, we don't send out emails on behalf of our clients, right? They have their own email departments that just does, yeah. deals with that. But we would advise them maybe when to send it, what link to use, you know, that kind of stuff. So we kind of advise them and we do some of the things. And, um, and what's important, it's kind of happening for the clients where we also produce a podcast. It happens very much in parallel be between production and audience development they're kind of, they go hand in hand. And it's not like, oh, we're going to make a podcast in the end. It's like, okay, well, let's hand it over to the audience development department. It, it has to work in parallel because decisions you make on the editorial side will impact audience development and, and vice versa. Um, I hope that actually answers your question. I'm, I'm not sure if I went in the right direction here. Um, but, but that sort of collaboration is really important. No, you're absolutely going in the right direction. And I'd like to ask the two of you, in terms of that pivot from traditional media to that creative integration for a lot of organizations what are maybe your top five or top three things on that list of 200 that maybe make the difference for a lot of companies versus maybe putting out a press release or or traditional media do you want to go Elisa? Mm -hmm. well <clears throat> one thing that i think is is pretty high on that list is um you know we see a lot of uh our clients that we're working with they're very eager to um you know do paid media on social media, for example. That's a big thing that we see a lot of. Um, and people spend a lot and a lot of money buying ads on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. And we haven't seen a huge amount of success with those kinds of campaigns. Um, and a lot of that has to do with what mode people are in when they're scrolling through social media. Um, you're not guaranteed that you're going to find somebody who even listens to podcasts or who knows what a podcast is. They might not readily recognize the ad as being an ad for a podcast. Um, and so it just presents a lot of challenges and it doesn't always lead to the best click-through rates or, or really the best download rates because that's really what we care about, right? It's not about who clicks on the link. It's about do they click on the link and then go to listen to the podcast. Um, so what we found and we've had the most success with is buying ads on other podcasts um, or even cross promotions. So it doesn't always have to be like a paid ad. It could be like a one-for-one -one, um, ad swap or an episode drop. Um, Getting people, meeting people where they're at and preaching to the converted, uh, then you know that you're you're reaching somebody who's already into listening to podcasts. They've already got their podcast app open, and they're much more likely to subscribe that way. So, 
Um, that's a big thing that we have on our list. Um, and that doesn't mean don't use your social media channels that you have that, that are owned. If you have a whole bunch of followers, like you should tell them that you have a podcast for sure. Um, but it just means like think about think about where you're going to reach people who are definitely going to be interested in listening to the show. I want to Absolutely. Mention, yeah. I want to mention one piece that is sometimes uh, surprising for our clients that this is part of audience development. It's something we call podcast packaging. Mm. So for us, that's basically everything that's not the audio. So the, the, the image, of course, and the, the, the name, episode description release frequency even like other places you can find the website such as sorry other places you can find the podcast such as a some sort of landing page website type thing and we we tell our clients that before anyone's going to listen to your show they're going to see something they're going to read something they're going to like you know on the phone they're going to see an image a description a name something shows up in the search or in the link or like they're going to see it right and we want to make sure that what entices someone, what makes it frictionless for someone when they see the description and image and name and episode and, and, and for them to say like, oh, that's a show for me. I'm going to check this out. This is, I, this is for me. This is a show that's made for me. And uh, I think that's where a lot of podcasts fall down in, in, in terms of like finding a name that's too obscure. And you know, that name that only makes sense once you listen to 10 episodes, you're like, oh, that's why that show is called that. Well, that, that's fun once you listen to 10 episodes, but we want to get people to listen to 10 episodes first, right? So it's, it's that kind of stuff. And we do a lot of work with our clients getting to that point to really making sure, make sure everything people see represents what this podcast is all about. Uh, audience development for us, the, the way we look at it is, it, it, it's not about convincing someone they're going to love your show or convincing someone that they should subscribe to it or that they should tell it their friends or whatever. It is all about convincing someone to just hit the little triangle, that little play button, and check it out for what, 5, 10, 30, 60 seconds maybe? That's yeah. all we can ask for, right? After that, it's the show's job to like win someone over and that's when I'm going to love it and listen to the episode and I subscribe, all this kind of stuff. But it's all about like, this. we call it sampling. It's just like convince someone to sample the show and then at that point, marketing doesn't matter anymore. It's all about the show. Um, so the two things, the the the, the the, the marketing and the actual show that kind of work hand that's like a handover does that make sense you get absolutely the marketing and then it's all about the show and they both need to work hand in hand and then both need to be kind of perfect because if one of them doesn't work well then you're not going to have an audience right if the show's not good you do all that work and then right and if there's you know you don't have those ways to bring people in i think that's you're right it's so important and it is a bit of a handover you know i think until you get somebody to sample your show, to listen to your show, it's all conjecture, you know? Yeah. It's all what the branding looks like. It's all what the emotional connection to that audience member is. So that's a really important distinction. And Annalise, I love what you said about advertising on other podcasts. We talk about this all the time at Podbean. <laughs> you know, you want to be where podcast listeners are and social media yeah. is such a valuable component, but not everybody on social media listens to podcasts. And so we do talk about this quite a bit. So if you're a podcaster, episode swaps, ad swaps, um, you know, I think Jonas, you touched on this on your pitch to Apple. And I think also you can advertise on other podcasting apps as well. You know, I think it's important to be where podcast listeners are. Yeah, so definitely. That's a really important distinction. Um, so moving back into a little bit more of that branded, and sales aspect of our conversation today. I want to ask the both of you, and Annalisa, we'll start with you. How do storytelling and sales naturally go together? Um, I think that podcasts present us with a really great opportunity to uh, s tell the story of your brand, but also to tell, um, to tell stories that you want your brand to be associated with. So to create kind of that halo effect around your brand. Um, I think a really good example of this out of like just a pull from Pacific Contents roster, we have a show called Inside the Breakthrough and it's uh, produced by a company called Symar, a biotech company. And um, this podcast is all about like amazing and, and incredible breakthroughs in science. And of course, this is a great halo association for a biotech company <laughs> that is developing new technology. Um, and so it's not about necessarily like every episode isn't about Symar. They're about a whole bunch of other companies, right? And other breakthroughs throughout history. It's a historical show. Um, but 
but having those stories being told and having that, you know, inspirational tone of the show and the like, um, yeah, it sets, it sets a tone and it creates a halo effect around Saimar that they're on the same level as these other incredible breakthroughs. Um, so, you know, I think that that helps to build trust in the brand and then that, you know, Jonas mentioned before the the funnel, right? Like top of funnel, you're creating awareness about the brand, but also trust in the brand and getting that halo effect with your uh, with your product or with your brand, um, and then you move them further down the funnel um, from there. Yeah, the funnel is yeah. really Jonas's thing, so he, I'm sure. Yeah, he I was going to say, Jonas, do you want to weigh in on the funnel? <laughs> I, this, uh, the question you asked about sales and, and storytelling, mm. as you can imagine, we get that question from clients. And I, I'm always cautious to, I'm cautioning people to make sure they realize that you can have an awesome podcast. It, it might not be the tool that will convert right away people to buying your stuff. You know, and at least I think the, the term halo effect, I think is fantastic. You know, you have that great halo effect, but that doesn't necessarily mean someone's then going to go to the website. And, and at least I know you didn't say that and to buy your stuff or like sign up to the thing or do whatever you ask them to do. You know, it's that halo effect. And then you might need additional sort of brand touch points for people to actually make, I don't know, a purchase decision or sort of do the thing you want them to do. So to answer your question, maybe sales and storytelling don't go that well together. If that makes sense. <laughs> it, I think, you know, it, or it's not a very d direct connection. Mm. I'm sure people have done it and I'm sure some people are really good at it. It gets pretty, pretty tricky um, to see those sort of, you know, the, the bottom of the funnel where people actually convert to, to real customers. So that's, you know, that would be my answer to, uh, to clients. Be careful with the expectation. Like if you spend $100,000 in podcasting this week, you might not make double that money back next week. Yeah, absolutely. It is more of a slow burn. And you did uh, talk a little bit about the client who on season nine is seeing those top results after five years. So it's definitely an investment. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, yeah, Annalisa. Oh, I just had a thought about this that like, I, I also think it depends on what type of company you are, right? Like if yeah. I, if I'm looking for, I might not always be in the market for buying life insurance, for example. Um, but if I've heard a podcast from a brand that is selling life insurance, and then I'm I'm later, like a year later, looking to buy life insurance, I'm aware of that brand. I trust that brand. I've you know heard about their values and what they stand for. That's going to be my first choice when I'm in the market and I'm shopping. You know, like it's it's got that sticking power uh, that's lasting. So I think like if you're the kind of brand where you sell things that you're you're looking to get people who are impulse shopping for example like a pair of shoes where they're going to like see a pair of shoes and go click and buy them right away they weren't even thinking about buying shoes but now they are because they saw your your photo you know that's a different thing versus um you know if you're selling life insurance you know that people are not going to impulse buy life insurance <laughs> you know right. but but when they are in the market to buy life insurance you're going to be top of mind and you're going to be the brand that they trust so i think it's also important to think about like what it is what you're selling doesn't make sense for podcasts also um yeah yeah absolutely and i think there is you know there is a there is that fine line i think for a lot of podcasts you guys are more on the narrative deep dive side but a lot of podcasts are a bit into that like spawn con sponsored content you know very sales forward approach and i think you're right it depends on the product and it depends on the goals, <clears throat> the goals of the, of the campaign and of the company with their podcast as well. So that's a really important distinction. And Jonas, I think what you said is important because you will see those returns and a lot of, a lot of companies and a lot of podcasts do, but you know, it's not, okay, I've, I've launched the first episode, you know, here's my millions of downloads. It can be a process. And, and that also is an opportunity for your audience to, develop that relationship with you along the way. So I think it's, it's also about like what you're selling to your listeners. Like, um, yeah, you could be selling a product, but I, I mean, there's a lot of brands, I think, especially more and more are looking to, you know, maybe increase, uh, their ability to at at uh, attract <laughs> is what I'm trying to say, attract talent. Um, so maybe 
as a company, you're trying to show like what your brand values are, that you're like a really fun and exciting place to work, that you're cutting edge in the industry that you work in, then podcasts could be a great option for you to attract your desired talent. Um, and that could make a lot of sense for you. And maybe the goal isn't to sell your shoes, but it's to attract the right people to your company. So yeah, I think that that also matters a lot too. Yeah, absolutely. And in terms of the narrative options that companies have and brands have in terms of telling those stories, what are some of those, you know, in terms of documentary deep dives, host-led interviews, like how can brands use different formats to their benefit and what formats can be overplayed or have you seen that maybe are a little bit tired at this point? Yeah. So at Pacific Content, um, the documentary style shows, those are really our bread and butter. Um, so we've done a lot of shows where each episode is, is a standalone audio documentary, essentially. Um, and we've had a lot of success with those shows. We've found that we've been able to really keep listener engagement. We've been really able to stand out uh, in the market and, and really attract a lot of listeners. So that has worked really, really well for us. Um, we recently did a serialized story with Bring Back Bronco for Ford, and that was really uh, exciting and, and a cool um, exploration of a format. Um, I mean, there's lots of different formats that we would love to explore. So, you know, we, we would really love to do a fiction podcast. We have a lot of people who work at Pacific Content who have done fiction, audio fiction in the past and would really be excited to dive into that again. So, you know, that's a, that's a whole genre where brands have a lot of opportunity to stand out. Um, we've been really wanting to do like a game show podcast for a while. <laughs> um, we have a, a show that's a debate style show, which is kind of fun. Um, and then in terms of uh, formats that we've seen kind of played out, I, I don't want to say that they're overplayed or that it's played out, but um, I will say that I don't think we've had a lot of success with the standard uh, interview style or chat style show. There's just, there's so many podcasts like that in, in the market and it's so reliant on um, the talent and the host that it can be really hard to keep that engagement with the listener and to stand out and attract new listeners with that style of show. So yeah, that, that's a style that we haven't, or a format that we haven't had, um, we just haven't seen it, it work as well for brands. Yeah, Jonas, did you want to weigh in? I I, I will say that the uh, the interview show to that point. We we mentioned the term storytelling many times now. It is just so hard to tell an engaging sort of three act story that has all the elements of a, of a good story to do that in the interview. Like you better be a really really good interviewer. Oh wait, you also have to have a really good interviewee. And they both need to work together. And I always like to think about, you know, like the, I haven't watched them actually in, in years, but the late night sort of American late night. Right. right? And there's right. like, well, how long are the interviews when they come out? Like, well, like three, four, five, six minutes, right? It's not more than that, right? And it's completely rehearsed, right? They know exactly what they're going to say. They know. So I've got seven minutes, interview style, right? Seven minutes. Yeah. And it's typically sort of personalities that are being interviewed all the time, right? And as a professional interviewer. And even they don't always get it right. And it's boring sometimes, right? And it's like, wait, that's like two professional people that do this for a living and have seven minutes and I can't make it interesting. <laughs> so, so how can we expect, like, if it's not professional, this is, no, we don't have Jimmy Kimmel, like, hosting our podcast typically. Like, how can we expect then for those people to keep it interesting? So, yeah, um, interview podcasts are quite challenging for brands. Yeah, I think specifically from a brand standpoint, it can be a little bit challenging, Um yeah, but interview podcasts are popular. There are so many out there. So that's really interesting feedback, especially from like a big brand standpoint as well. Um, well, I think I think also for brands, um, sorry, just quickly, uh, no, I think please. also the documentary style allows you to control the narrative a lot more too. So if you're a brand, like it's also beneficial in that regard. You can edit and you can control what's being said. So that's that also helps for brands. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and in terms of ROI, we've kind of talked about this a little bit, but, you know, in terms of realistic goals and expectations in terms of what companies can achieve, um, yeah, in terms of setting expectations, I think, what are some, what are some ways that you set expectations with clients and, and what are some successes that you've seen? I think, Jonas, you spoke to one earlier. Um, what are some client successes that you've seen with branded podcasts? Jonas, let's start with you. 
Uh, sadly, for a lot of us in podcasting, we have this, this focus on reach. Like how many people? This is kind of a focus. Mm. And I blamed, personally, I blame social media. I blame YouTube as well. Where we all have this thing, like how many likes, how many views, how many clicks, how many. And we always, we're used to like millions. And anyone who works in podcasting knows the number million, millions is hard. <laughs> like whatever it is, like <laughs> many people do not get to millions, whether that is downloads or, or, or listeners or whatever it might be. Um, so we, we kind of have to explain to our clients or potential clients that podcasting isn't really good reach medium. It is a really awesome engagement medium. If you want to have mm. deep engagement with an audience, podcasting is fantastic. I, I wouldn't know another medium that can give you the kind of results there, um, but it's not necessarily about reaching a million people. So there's sort of three things that we look at that we recommend to people to look at in terms of like measuring their success. Mm. Uh, audience retention. That is for us is a really, really big number. If someone listened to your podcast all the way through or pretty much all the way through, and we, we're aiming to anything 85 to 95% retention rates in, in terms of average completion rates, luckily we get those numbers from, from Apple and from Spotify, et cetera. If, we, if, we, if you have people listening all the way through, they probably had a good experience, right? I mean, you, you, you can turn it off at any point, right? If you didn't like it, you would turn it off. So that if you make the choice to listen all the way, way through, you had a good experience. Well, and you want to have that, uh, Annalisa, you call it the, the, the halo effect. You want to have a positive effect. So someone's mm -hmm. listening to this podcast, brought it by a brand, you have a good experience. You probably have a good impression of that brand. So that's why that, that number, the engagement rates, the, the retention rates are so important for us to focus on. Um, it is also something we, it's in our control, right? Because we tell the story and like it's, it, the, the, the onus is on us to tell stories that are so engagement, that, engaging that people don't want to turn it off. So, so the, the, uh, yeah, the retention rate, it, it's a really big number to look at. We like to look at, at, brand lift, um, at brand lift studies. So what we're trying to do is making sure that for those people that have listened to the podcast, how can we measure what, how do they feel afterwards? Has it changed mm. the perception of the brand? What has changed with them? What kind of decisions are they going to make in the future? Um, that we have to do mainly through like panel-based uh, focus groups because obviously we can't reach out to every listener afterwards. We, we, you know, we don't have the technology right now. We'll never have it. So we do that through kind of research uh, companies that can do that for us. And they do like control groups and, and, mm -hmm. and expose groups. And they kind of listen to the, the episode. And then we ask a number of questions. It's really, really interesting how people mm. um, react to podcasts and what people remember, what they don't remember. Like it's very surprising how many people remember the name of the brand, even if you want to mention it once at the start. Like, you know, this is a podcast brought to you by X. And they will remember X, even if it's only mentioned mm. once or twice. Um, uh, so brand lift is really important. And then the last number we look at is, and I know I said earlier, we, we have an overemphasized reach, but of course we do look at reach numbers. It has yeah. to scale to some degree. Like it's all good to yeah. have like, everyone loved the podcast, but it was only 12 people listening. <laughs> it's probably not going to scale, right? So there is, of course, reach hey. is a number that we look at as well. Yeah. Absolutely. Annalisa, do you want to, do you want to weigh in on any client expectations? I think to be honest, it's so different from client to client. Like the, yeah. it really depends on what the goal is of the client. Um, like I said before, like some, some brands are looking to use this as a way to increase um, brand awareness. And some brands are looking for this uh, to be a way to, to get more investors. And some people are looking for this to be a way to increase uh, their talent and get better talent so it's it's it we really have to set the goals and the expectations of the client depending on depending on what their what their goals are like the goals of the podcast have to reflect the goals of of the client so yeah that's all I would add I think Jonas covered it so well <laughs> yeah I think so no that was really interesting and, and I love what you said earlier about the halo effect with brands um and for everybody out there maybe just a reminder top of mind it's a it's a positive association um, that you have with with something that is uh, someone unrelated because you have a previous positive association um, about something else with that brand or that person. So it's a really interesting psychological term as well. <laughs> um, so thank you both so much for joining us today. Before we end, I want to ask an, one last question. Um, and this is a bit of a fun one. What are the the kinds of brand stories that you're both excited to tell in 2022? Annalisa, you mentioned the game show podcast, possibly, and scripted fiction. We love scripted fiction here at Podbean, and we have a storytelling podcast week as well, where we talk to a lot of a lot of podcasters doing scripted fiction, and it's really interesting. Um, 
So yeah, any other like branded content that you guys are really excited about in 2022? I will give a, a bit of a spoiler. I'm not going to say who it's for, but we are working on a um, interactive audio experience. I'm just going to leave it at that. Okay. <laughs> but uh, the technology that is available to us these days in podcasting mm. makes it very much feasible to have interactive slash personalized experiences still very early on in development, but it's a project that's going ahead right now. We're working on that right now. Uh, that is super exciting. That is just, there, there's a whole world out there where, you know, we can all have our individual podcasts uh, based on the technology that's available. Um, that's going to be a really awesome project. Okay. That's, that's a pretty exciting development. Wow. Yeah. Annalisa, any other last branded podcast that you're excited about in 2022? I think Jonas stole the the big exciting one. So I mean, I'm good. super excited about. I know <laughs> it is. I know. I, I'm excited about fiction too. Like, I I would love to see more fiction and and like it's funny because in uh, television or in film we don't we don't talk about fiction as like its own genre. There's like romance and action and comedy, and for some reason in podcasts, like all fiction stories fall into just fiction because it's still so small. Um, I just think there's so much room in that space to explore. So I'm excited to get to explore more in the fiction. And Lisa, do you want to share the one that we sent out the other day, the pitch? And it, I don't think it's going to happen, but the, the one that we sent off the other day? Yeah, we sent off a pitch for a, a podcast musical. So that would be really, really exciting. And cool. Wow. Um, I almost burst out into song. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would love to to be able to make that show. So. Yeah, and in all crap. seriousness, I don't think at least we know if this is going to happen. It was just an idea that we that we sort of sent out. But I think the uh, we did we do get questions now around brands realizing an almost sort of similar question to what you asked already. What's already overdone? What else could we do? You know, brands are not always known to be like too willing to take risks. But I think that's changing this year. I think there's going to be a lot of people that are going to come up. Maybe we're part of it, and maybe other companies are going to be a part of it. Something that is unexpected and that's just like for all of us in the industry i think that's just an awesome uh development and frankly it's just exciting absolutely no i think we'll all we'll all, we all have that in mind now interactive is definitely happening and possibly musicals so and that's just so great about podcasting you know especially for business the opportunity for creativity is there and it really offers businesses and brands the opportunity to connect with their audiences in, in that emotional way. Well, thank you both so much for joining us. This is How to Benefit Your Business by Telling the Story of Your Brand here for our corporate podcast series here at Podbean for Corporate Podcasting Smarter. My name is Norma Jean Belinke. I'm the head of events here at Podbean. And once again, we're joined by Annalisa Nielsen, Senior Manager of Business Development for Pacific Content, and Jonas Woos, Director of Strategy for Pacific Content. Thank you both so much for joining us. Thanks, Norma. Thank you, Norma.